How's she going? I'm Doug. I'm Ryan. We play in a band called Bearings. And you're listening to We Podcast. And we know things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 191 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. As fireworks are going off outside, let's get into it. Hey, man, I can hear those same fireworks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they're letting them off by uh, San Anselm. Yeah, they light them off every friggin' night in the summer. It's nuts. Yeah, uh, every dog's pissed. I had like a bet against myself of what your intro was going to be. And I was like, if he does it, I'll be extremely excited. You didn't do it. I thought you were going to go wonderful. Like Professor Oak from Snap. When you nah, send him a no good way. photo. That wasn't even a thought. I know, but it would have been great. That would have been, <laughs> been the winner. Uh, Sorry, my friend. We got a ton to talk about tonight. Uh, we got review for The Last of Us Part Two. It's not our review; it's IGN's review. We both have the game coming. We're gonna do our, you know, spoiler-free impressions. We'll do our spoiler cast eventually on that. Um, but we have at least other people's thoughts on uh, The Last of Us Part Two. We have a Pokemon Presents presentation recap to get through. I have my impressions of the Isle of Armor expansion DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. We're gonna bring Chris Shriver. On to the show uh, to talk oh about yeah to talk about the EA Play presentation. I'll ask him a little bit about his thoughts on PS5 and Pokemon Snap because I know he's into those things. But we want to get his uh, impressions of that along with all three of us talking through that EA Play presentation that happened a couple like an hour and a half ago. Um, that was definitely a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, that it was. And uh, time we can't get back. But well, we got May NPD. We got a big giant game studio potentially up for sale. Um, and then what else do we got? Uh, a delay to a huge game. And by the way, DC Comics announced a giant fan expo coming in August that we're really excited to talk about. I'm going to review the latest record from one of my favorite bands ever. Sam has his CGC spotlight and we'll get on out of here. So tons of stuff to talk about tonight. Well, let's start it off as always with our pick of the week so for my pick of the week it was actually perfect timing i just finished watch re-watching um the full batman the animated series on blu-ray all 85 episodes including both movies mask of the phantasm and sub-zero both fantastic but on tuesday at warner brothers entertainment on their youtube channel they live streamed where you know they're they're chatting with everybody the heart of batman it's a documentary of the, the whole series of kind of where everything came to be. It's actually on the deluxe Blu-ray. So I was like, I was going to watch the Blu-ray. And I was oh, it showed here. Let me watch this. And it's about an hour and a half. And it shows, you know, how Bruce, Tim, and all them guys went from making tiny tunes to Batman the Animated Series to where, like, I didn't hear all the stories when they had to make the Super Friends animated show back in the day, like, how hard it was for them to write stories because of the restrictions they had to hear all these like old stories that I never knew about to hear this in the documentary of like being such a huge fan and seeing from where they started, what they went to and what they had to overcome and what they did in a short amount of time to get 85 episodes. And if you're a fan of Batman, especially, you know, Batman, the animated series, I think the heart of Batman is a must is a must watch. Mine is also uh, something you can find on YouTube and, I've been watching it for years, but this year, I guess without sports, it's been something I've been looking forward to, 
whenever yeah. they release an episode ever. I think it's like twice a week. They might do it. And that, my friend, is MLW. And if you're asking yourself what the hell that is, that's Major League Wiffle Ball, baby. Like, let's go. Um, been watching it for, I think, since like 2015. These guys, well, now they're guys. They were kids in Michigan. They did what I did in, in my backyard, was host and build a wiffle ball stadium and have friends over and play all the time. You've been there, Bill, Ryan, Sean, all of our friends came over. We had big wiffle ball tournaments. But now with the advent of YouTube and editing, these guys take it, they turned it into a league, and they post it to YouTube to their 200,000 subscribers. And it's like, it's some of the best shit, man. They got divisions and conferences and team names, the Mallards, the Magic, the Cobras, the Diamondbacks, like the craziest thing. They have a tournament for the playoffs. They have an all-star game. They have the World Series, and they are nasty wiffle ball players. The pitches, man. You want to say the risers and the sliders and the sinkers and all the crazy stuff, the movement they get on these pitches. It's awesome to watch as a lifelong wiffle ball fan and, and player and somebody who just appreciates good editing coming from a group of kids from Michigan that came from nothing, turned it into this big giant thing that I look forward to. The 2020 season is hot underway, baby. And the Gators with the first overall pick and number six, two and one right now. I'm going for the Gators. Let's go. MLW on YouTube. It just makes me want to play wiffle ball in the yard again. And dude, if you watched one game, so they do three game series for every video. You play a three game series and uh, you watch one of those. It's 20 minutes, usually 25 minutes per episode. You watch one of them and you're like, I'm going out back. I'm putting PVC pipe in the ground. I'm finding my pitcher's mound when I was a kid, and I'm just throwing wiffle balls like crazy. It just yeah. reminds, it brings me back to a place where where like we just stayed in backyards for 12 hours and just played wiffle ball. It was a great time in our lives, and and it's cool to it's cool to see it on YouTube now. It really is. Yeah, that's cool. Let's get into our trivia, Sam. It's six for me, five and a half for you. You have mounted an unprecedented comeback. I say unprecedented. You do it every time because I blow leads like crazy. Uh, it's six for me, five and a half for you. Race to 11, win by two. Sam, I'm going to give you your question first and give you the potential to go into an early lead. Hopefully not for very long, but it is a comic book question. Shoot, what do you got for me? What is the name of the man who created DC Comics? The man who created DC Comics. How far back are you going? Very far. Yeah, that's what I figured. I want any names, please. All right. It, was it Martin Goodman? Was it Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson? Was it Barry Zito? Or was it Peter Alexander Wilson? Martin Goodman. Martin Goodwin was Marvel. Mm. Threw that in there. Barry Zito was a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I, I, yeah Zito, I knew. No way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> but it sounded it sounded like Goodwin a little bit. Like it sounded like an older, like white Jewish guy. So I threw that in there. I don't know why I was thinking of Barry Zito. He has a nasty curveball and maybe wiffle ball was on my mind. And then Peter Alexander Wilson I made up. But it was hyphenated because if I only gave you one hyphenated name, that's too obvious. Yeah, so, so who was it? It was uh, Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson. Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson. Hmm. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah, that took me a good five Shame minutes to me. come up with that question. All right, here you go. I, I got a, a lob up for you. Oh, geez. It never works out that way, though. 
What color was the underside of the disc on the PlayStation 1? Black. Correct. I was I was ready for you to say PS2 and I was going to shout out blue. No. They no. had they had I, the normal I went, I went classic. They had the normal disc games for PS2 as well, but if you got a blue uh bottom, that's that's the collector. That's the one you want is the blue bottom. Right, oh so, yeah, I I think I still have a few. Yeah, me too, man. The bouncer I think was one that comes to mind. But yeah, 6 now seven for me, seven for me, five and a half for Sam in our race to 11 win by two. Thank you for that, uh, Lob. I appreciate that. Of course, you need it if you need the belt. <laughs> and, and I'll take over in gaming. We got some huge news and we'll lead off with the big one. The Last of Us Part 2 is out now. And we have IGN's thoughts on it. And like I said, we have such a huge gaming section today. Um, that we're going to be here for a while talking games. So uh, we hope you stick around for the whole thing. But here's IGN's thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2. It's lengthy, so strap in. The Last of Us Part 2 is a masterpiece worthy of its predecessor. Taking strides forward in nearly every way, Ellie steps into the spotlight and carries the sequel in a manner that feels like the culmination of everything that's made Naughty Dog's blockbuster storytelling so memorable since the original Uncharted on the PlayStation 3. It delivers a layered, emotionally shattering story on top of stealth and action gameplay that improves the first game's mechanics while integrating a bit more of Uncharted's greater mobility and action. While Part 2 is a thrilling adventure, it still makes time for a stunning, nuanced exploration of strength and fragility to the, uh, of the human spirit. The PlayStation 4 has one of its best exclusives in one of the generation's best games. Well, I know it gets a 10. Yeah, of course it gets a 10. I mean, we, we all knew it was coming. The, the, we saw the 9s and 10s across the board. We both pre-ordered it. I believe you're getting it tomorrow. I'm I, I scheduled hope. to get mine on Tuesday, which I'm I'm okay with. That's not too bad. No, and, and actually, I still have three or four hours left in my playthrough of the original, my replaythrough of the original, because I forget the ending to that game. So, um, like, the whole ending. I know the big stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not pissed if it doesn't show up on, on – well, we'll call it today since the episode releases on Friday, the 19th of June. Um I won't be pissed. Like, I'm fine because I have my entire weekend booked up already. Plus, I'm not done the Isle of Armor yet. So, like, I'm cool. I, I'm fine. I'll still wait a couple more days if, if I have to. But I'm so excited to, to continue back into this world because it is such a fucked up place. And oh, I just, yeah. Like, I, I got to prepare myself mentally, get in there. And it's just now I got to avoid things on Twitter and and YouTubers, because now you're seeing a lot of gameplay and people going live. Like, and of course, like I want to watch, but I'm like, ah, let me wait. I, I got to be patient, so, just so I can kind of delve into this. Yeah, and and for real though, like everybody that you see on Twitter that does not spoil it, they all say the same thing. Like, get the tissues; it's going to emotionally grip you, and I don't think you're going to be able to be ready and prepare yourself for it. So, and we know, you know, with it coming out. You know, in the in the middle of June with no E3, it's kind of the only thing right now till July when we get Paper Mario and Ghost of Tsushima. So, like, it's got its room to breathe right now where it can do what Animal Crossing did and just take over the Internet for a while. And I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to do. I think it's just all the buzz that's going on, all the Twitter, everyone kind of giving the positive reviews. This is going to sell the cockcakes. I can't wait. 
Yeah, uh, just I just hope Tuesday at the latest it's here safe and sound. And next up, we got the Pokemon presents the recap. Yeah, this was uh, an 11 or 12 minute presentation that the Pokemon company put on. So not Nintendo. So it was not a Pokemon direct. And when they said it was just Pokemon presents, which I actually prefer, it kind of gives us the option. Yeah, to do, sure and sweet. It, it's, it's like you can give us more than just games. And, and when they said Pokemon presents, I was like, OK, we're getting anime news. We're getting movie news. We're getting whatever. So like that's what I expected. Yeah. But I'm happy they kept it to mostly games. Now, again, this wasn't a direct because it had mobile apps and the mobile apps are not Nintendo releasing those because Game Freak, the Pokemon company, is not a first party under Nintendo. They just work exclusively with them. So, like, that's why this wasn't a direct because the first two things you could play on your phone. Then they had a Pokemon Go update, which is Niantic in the Pokemon company. Nintendo has a stake in it, but not the whole thing. So... I get it, and I actually prefer this way of the Pokemon Presents. Give them a little bit more pizzazz and keep the directs to, like, the bigger Nintendo stuff. But yeah. they started off with Pokemon Smile, and at that point I said, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Uh, I mean, hey, if you have kids, that's cool and cute. You know, for, but for me, I just politely say, I'll wait for the next. Bro, it's on my phone, and it's on the first page right now, and I've brushed my teeth to it twice already. So, like... I've oh, given yeah. it a fair shake. I've given yeah. it the old one too. But like I was thinking to myself, okay, they're either going to have like the greatest ever one last thing at the end. Like they're finally going to do Gen 4 remakes or they're going to give us another DLC thing for Sword and Shield or something. And I think like that's the perfect setup. But part of me was like, okay, they're finally going to give us info on Pokemon Sleep. They're going to give us Detective Pikachu on Switch, and they're going to give us this, and then they're going to say, oh, and the Isle of Armor is out, peace out, and we're all going to hate them. But it turned out to be a little bit better than this. Now, Pokemon Smile, it turns brushing your teeth into a game where you can catch Pokemon while brushing your teeth. Basically, there's like, you brush the cavities and the stuff away, the plaque away, (laughs) and that's how you catch a Pikachu, a Charmander, a Squirtle. You pick a starter. I picked Squirtle because he's... He's a water type and he can help me, you know, wash my, my, the toothpaste out of my mouth, I guess. I don't know. Um, it is for kids, but I'm an adult, so fuck it. I'm playing it. My daughter's not old enough yet. So oh, she'll, gosh. she'll play it eventually. It's a mobile app. It's completely <laughs> free. It's available now. And, you know, listen, it's a kid's thing. It's a brush your teeth thing. It's not really for adults. It's not really for me. I'm never really probably going to turn it back on until she gets older, um, to like old enough to care. But here's what I love about it this is, It's a a completely free app with no in-app purchases at all. This was just Nintendo, or I'm sorry, Pokemon Company saying, hey, here's a fun thing to promote a good thing. Completely free, good faith, enjoy it, fuck with it, and we'll see you later. That there's no money to be made here. I love that. It's a really cool thing. Yeah, and obviously you hear the toddlers, they have a tough time brushing teeth, so I hear, and you know, why not throw a Pokemon in there? Genius. It's just, it's another way to get the brand out there through another way of just living life, whether, you know, it's walking like Pokemon Go or sleeping like Pokemon Sleep or brushing your teeth like Pokemon Smile. Pokemon is literally everywhere, and now they're in your mouth. I don't know how I feel about that last sentence, but... 
<laughs> then they showed us Pokemon Cafe Mix, which is a puzzle game where you uh, actually own a cafe where Pokemon come visit. You basically have to complete puzzles to fill their orders. You hire Pokemon as staff members to help complete these puzzles. They can help you do it based on their type, like Charmander. He can heat up the bread or the sandwich or whatever. Um, and Squirtle can, you know, put the water in your tea. I don't know. It's available on mobile and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it says soon. I went on and I pre-downloaded it on my Switch, so it's ready to go when it does launch. And it said 623. So whether that was a placeholder or it's actually coming out on Tuesday, uh, we'll see. Um, it is free to play. It's free to start. This one will have in-app purchases. Um so I don't know how much length I'm going to get out of this until I'll probably play it until they say, like, do you want to buy this? And I'm like, no, fuck off. And I'm deleting it. But yeah, I'd know. rather brush my teeth for some Pokemon. <laughs> you know, Chris had mentioned um, when we talked to him that he's like, oh, it's another match three. And it's it's not. It's actually more of a um, if you remember the hell was it called? Uh Sushi Strikers, the way of the the Shushido. Remember that game? Yeah, the way the way of the Shushido. Yeah, yeah. Remember that game? That and the way you completed puzzles was taking your finger and trying to connect the sushi all around like the same. It's actually like that more than it's like a a three. So that hook got me because I really liked Sushi Strikers. Um, So I'm in on that, and plus it's got a really cute art style. The Pokemon look really cute. They don't just look like hand drawn animated or whatever. So it looks cool. I'll probably play it for an hour and never play it again. Um, but that, those were the warm-up announcements. They were the things yeah. that, like, they're like, they really had to thinking, like, man, did I waste my time? And, and then they show this next game, and they didn't even, like, they didn't queue it up. They didn't say anything about it. He said, on to the next title. And you knew at that point it's something because they wouldn't just, they usually say something about what it's going to be. It was be. just so subtle. It was so subtle. And you see this gorgeous 3d world and you're like yeah. holy fuck like what is this is this is this a stadium game is this snap no it can't be snap and it's pokemon snap dude we're getting new pokemon snap coming to the nintendo switch it is now in development what did you think once you saw the picture you saw the flash you were like oh shit pokemon snap and like honestly i just kind of had like a a flashback of playing it in my basement as a kid and I was like, damn, if I get a Switch, this is a must-buy. I am calling it right now on the record. This will be a $60 game, and it will be 63 of the greatest dollars I ever spend. I am so happy to fork up a full $60 for this game. Yes, just like everybody, we've been waiting 20 years. I've been waiting yeah. 20 years. I was 11 years old when this game first came out. You were 10. We were in the, yep. you know, playing it together in my in my room in your basement, and we have very fond memories of it. Um, I recently did a playthrough of it and beat it in one sitting. It's a lot of fun, but this is so hype. What I hope it has, what I hope it has, because it is still an on rails photo photo game, is I really hope it has gyro controls where it's like motion sensor where I can just move the controller to move the camera as opposed to my yeah, sticks. I would like that. I would really like that. That would be something where I'm immediately in. But not only that, this just like the first Pokemon Snap was created by Hale Laboratories and not Game Freak, this game is not Game Freak. This is Bandai Namco. We're in really good hands from a development perspective. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was sold, I think, the first 
probably five seconds of the trailer. Yeah. Like, as soon as the snap went, I was like, in. Yeah. Sold. You saw Pikachu on the beach with an apple, and you're like, that's snap. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah like, that's a, and then, he, like, the apple's gone. I was like, oh, my God. Yo. I love it. There's a subtly amazing part of the trailer that it needs more attention, so I'm going to talk about it real quick. There's a spot where Pidgeot comes and picks up a magic carp with its claws and flies it away. Presumably oh, I to see, I didn't see that. Presumably to kill it and eat it. Like, it's oh, so, I, didn't, I didn't see that. You I never see back. that magic carp or pidget again in the trailer. So, like that pidget brought it to its family and fed it to the damn birds. Oh, oh if that's true, hundred percent. So, if you go back and watch the trailer, it's it's everywhere. It's on our it's on our socials. It's it's everywhere you could possibly want it to be. Um, watch it for that trailer alone for the Pidgeot oh, clip. Hands down. It's so funny. But it's got, dude, this game, dude, it's not just like the original where only Gen 1 was around back then and they only took a third of the Pokemon available. This, even if they take a third of the Pokemon available now, there are eight gens and they showed Pokemon from all eight gens. There was score oh, running. Yeah, yeah, they dabbled. Next to Pichu, on top of a Torterra, next to a Wailord with a Pikachu on a beach. Like it was very well represented. So even if you take a third of the Pokemon available now and put in this game, that's still 300 Pokemon that Professor Oak can say, wonderful. Sold. Sold. I'm so in. Like this is the one of the most hype things on the planet because it was. It was one of those things where you finally stopped predicting it because you just never thought it would happen, and then that's when they pull it out on you. I mean, it, it's like it, to me, it makes perfect sense. It's like, yeah, that sounds like that's exactly how it should go. When I texted you, I texted you, bro, Pokemon Snap on Switch. You, that's probably the last thing you expected me to text you at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, especially because I I was. I think I was driving to the post office. Yes. Yes, you were. And I was like, ah, you know, like, yeah, cause you know, it, it, it's, it's a cool thing to watch live. Yeah. But, but knowing it's still cool. But like, as soon as I saw it, like I knew I was like, is this, ah, oh, this is it. That's ah, oh. like it, it, it was, it was a cool moment. Yeah. I'm not one for the reaction video, but for this, I actually went to all of my favorite, like, streamers and content creators from Pokemon that I knew were streaming the event live. And I went back and watched, watched the trailer with their reaction again, just to see the genuine surprise and smile yeah, on their in, face. You're instantly a kid. Yeah, it was, it was great. Now the downside is listen, there's no release date. They didn't give a release year. They didn't give a release window. It just said under construction in development. So I hope I, Oh, this hope, is, this is probably 2022. I I would think it's it's going to be a March 2021. That's my guess. I think it's going to fill the first half of the year Pokemon thing, um, and and it it has like a one percent chance to land this holiday because there is no Pokemon game this year unless next week they announce you know Pokemon Let's Go Johto or or you know Gen Four remakes for this year. I I don't know. I think Sword and Shield still has some legs, so I don't know if they're going to do that. But I don't think this is 22. If it's 22 and they blew their load already, that's rough because they had a full, fully animated in-engine trailer ready to go. The assets are already there. Bandai Namco is creating, you know, much better, I'll say it, much better um, uh, models of the Pokemon. They look goddamn amazing. And it does it does tell you what the Switch is capable of and, and how good a Pokemon game can look. But it's just a little distressing that we might have to wait a while for this game, and that's that's sad. That's sad. 
<laughs> of course not. I mean, Christ, you still can't even find a Switch right now. So I found two the other day, if that matters. I should have bought them, but I don't want to be that guy. They yeah, that's that good. Guy. Same for people. That They're actually, probably they probably were going an hour later. I'm sure they were. Uh, then we got new Pokemon Go updates. The Mega Evolution is coming in 2020 to Pokemon Go. So if you still use that application, we have a couple friends of this pod that still do. So good on them. You can get Mega Evolutions. That's cool. And Galarian Farfetch'd is also available right now. So they brought in a little Gen 8 to the party, which is always a good thing. The app's dead to me. <laughs> Same. Uh, then they gave a, a quick update on the Isle of Armor DLC, saying it is available right now. Uh, and oh, by the way, um, as like a kickoff event on top of the DLC in Max Raid Battles, you will get Dynamax Zera Aura, which is a friggin' mythical that was previously like unreleased in any main game. That now you can go fight him. Now the catch is you cannot catch. Zara or you can only defeat him and get all the rewards that come with it. But the neat part is that they're giving you 11 days. So I think from the 17th to the 28th, if 1 million Zara aura are defeated, everybody gets a shiny Zara aura. That's pretty rad. Yeah. That, that, that's a nice touch to entice people to go on and do this thing and, and beat this big bastard. And listen, they could have easily just said, Hey, if you buy it, if you buy the DLC in the first two months, you'll get a free shiny Zara Aura. And I hate when they give Pokemon away yeah, for nothing. Yeah, we know you do. I hate it. I want to earn them, and this is earning them. Even though I won't kill a million, I've done my part. I've defeated six so far, and I feel like I'm good. I feel like I'm like gonna, you know, not. I, I love the rewards you get for it. You get some great rewards for for beating dynamax pokemon so i've i've chipped into the one million number they're gonna beat it it's a hundred thousand a day they're gonna crush that number this these games have sold these games have sold 17 million copies like there's just no doubt that means that one seventeenth of the people that bought it have to buy the dlc and then everybody has to beat zero or once um well i beat them six times myself in my four hours of the playing the eye of armor so um Believe me, man, like this DLC is selling millions of copies too. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, that's an awesome reward, and, and they finally make you work for it, which is cool. And then he said, Listen, that's it for the presentation, but we have one more giant thing that we're working on, and we are not announcing it now. Next week, the 24th of June, come back for another Pokemon Presents. And my friend, what a cock tease. We are, oh. we are getting Diamond and Pearl remakes or we're getting Let's Go Johto. There is just no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and I, and I believe you texted me saying about the Gen, was the Gen 2 or Gen 4 Pokemon. Gen 2, yeah, a lot of Johto yeah. Pokemon in the back of Ishihara. He had a lot of Gen 2 Pokemon behind him. So to me, I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, and I think that will, that will sell like crazy, so... That, that would be cool. I would, I would be hyped to see that. Yeah, I mean, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee weren't bad games. They were a nice introduction to, you know, playing a Pokemon game on my TV until Sword and Shield arrived. I liked the mechanic of throwing my Joy-Con and, you know, stuff like that. And with the motion control catching, it was fun. It was a nice little gimmick. And it was to go through Kanto in full 3D was, was pretty nice. I would be really jacked up if it was Johto. That would be cool. I prefer Diamond and Pearl remakes because I just played 
uh, Soul Silver and Crystal. So I've been through Johto a lot. But if you go through Johto, that means there's 16 badges and you go through Kanto again. So I don't know if they would do that because that's another Kanto thing. Yeah. Um, and they just released Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee a couple years ago. So I, I just don't know. The assets are already there, so they could do it pretty easily. I just don't know if they're going to go through Kanto yet again. I know Kanto is a smaller portion of the game, but we'll see. But no matter what, I'm really excited because, again, on next week's pod, we're going to have another Pokemon Presents uh, with some even bigger news. I don't know if it'll be as big as Pokemon Snap because even if we got Gen 4 remakes, Pokemon Snap might take the cake for me because that is just such a thing we've all wanted for 20 years. Yeah, dude, we've been playing it since you know, we were 10 years old. Come on. Yeah, I'm I'm just very happy with where Pokemon is right now as a franchise. I love Sword and Shield. I love uh, that they did DLC instead of a third version. I love these other announcements. They made a fucking movie last year, like Detective Pikachu, and it was good. It wasn't great. It was it was good though. And so just Pokemon's in a really good spot. Eh, it makes all the damn money. Now finally, let's get your impressions of Pokemon Isle of Armor. Yeah, I, I have the uh, DLC. I have the expansion pass. I have I have my armor pass, and I've been to the armor of Isle. I've uh, Isle of Armor. I've spent four or five hours in there. I pretty much stayed up. Okay, so you dabbled. I've definitely dabbled. I've stayed up pretty late last night to to get through it. It's tough with work, and and it's just sitting five and feet away from going me. On, of course, man. the freaking the the temptation of it being so close to me, but at the same time knowing that I am an adult, um, so I just stay up late and I'll play it, and I'll do the same when we're done this pod. Is I'll I'll probably play it again till two o'clock again. But um, you get your armor pass. You you go to the Isle of Armor by train. There will be no spoilers here, by the way. Um, and you get off the train, and there's your rival, a new rival, and and you go out and immediately they don't force you to go anywhere. You could do whatever you want. And God, I'm like, that's awesome. Wait a minute. This isn't Pokemon. Usually they literally hold your hand to tell you where to go and then force you to go there. Nope, dude. I didn't start the DLC story for three hours. I just, that's awesome. every part of the Island is available. I just went around and I just started catching things. I just started catching things and catching things and evolving things and catching things. And I caught me an Abra and a Scyther and all that cool stuff, man. And I on the road to Alakazam baby. I, on the road. Are you kidding me, bro? Done already. And like, Savage. like what it was, it's so beautiful. It's exactly what the wild area should have been. Um, it's, oh my God, it's so good. So it, it kind of puts the wild area area to shame as the wild area is just a big open space. It's kind of the same thing. There's some water, there's some hills, there's some, you know, dirt and debris and whatever. But this is different. This is connecting caves and ocean and then a forest and then a desert and then um, uh, some wetlands. And it's like all these different environments uh, in this one island and it really gives you a lot of diverse different places to go with a lot of diverse different Pokemon kind of in these areas. And it like makes sense. Like the Tauros is next to the mill tank. And that makes sense because it's a cow and a Buffalo. Like 
it totally that that should be a thing. It's believable. It's totally believable, and and the yeah. or the the wild area did a good job of that um, with the weather, but this does a better job, and it's it's just really really good. Now some some negatives. I wouldn't call them negatives. I would just call them some like all mans. Uh, I really wish there was more Galarian forms that they unveiled in this. I think that'll probably be in the Crown Tundra, the second piece. This was this DLC is really, really good for players of competitive um, and for people that want to make their teams as strong as possible and stuff like that. And to get the new, you know, hundred and I think seven ish new Pokemon. There's 216 Pokemon in I think maybe 207, 216, somewhere like that in the new Isle of Armor decks. And as soon as I got there, I already had 106. So that leaves about 100 new Pokemon to, to go find and explore and, and evolve. Keep you busy for a while. Definitely will, because I'm, I'm about, I don't know, halfway there now. Um, and uh, there's not a lot of new Galarian forms. There's one, and we already know it. It's Galarian Slowbro. We saw it before. But I think you'll get the Galarian forms in the next DLC because you're getting Galarian legendary birds. You're getting the new Reggies. So me thinks that that's where that stuff will come in. Um, so I do wish for one or two more Galarian forms. And Avery and Clara, your two kind of rivals, I wish that they played a little bit of a bigger part in the story, at least to where I am in the story. I'm, I guess I had no spoilers, um, but they're just kind of there for you to, to beat up and like kind of help and kind of hate so they don't really have a huge piece of the story i wish they had a little bit more but all the pokemon i wanted are back like i said abra is back scyther is back they're two my two favorite pokemon um uh, sharpedo is back and what i love about sharpedo from gen 3 he's such a badass looking shark uh Dude, when you're surfing out in the water, you're you're riding your your little thing out in the in the water trying to go to an island. Out of nowhere, a dorsal fin comes out of the water and just starts speeding at you, and you have to get away from this fucking thing or it's going to battle you. And like it chases you relentlessly until you get a speed boost and try to get away from it. It can be scary as fuck cuz these things sneak up on you. Oh, that that's cool. And it's it's <laughs> just like it's just a dorsal fin. It literally can scare the shit out of you. It was it's yeah. really really cool uh, that they did these little animations. Um, there's items, there's TMs, there's TRs galore. All you can't walk ten feet without picking something up that's gonna make your team stronger. So I like that. It's a lot of good value there. And right in the middle of the ocean, right in the middle of it, there's this you know whale lord. Yeah, no whale, of course. The giant whale, right? So, yeah. so what the what the DLC does is it level scales. If you just go at the beginning of the game, you can access the Isle of Armor as soon as you can access the wild area. So, if you're a new player and you only have one gym badge and you go to the uh, wild area, the Pokemon will be level fifteen, level twenty. But if you like us have beaten it and you got your eighth badge and you're the champion, you go back. Everything's level sixty. So even like the Pikachus and the the Skrelps are all level 60, which is great because I like that. I like that little bit of a challenge. So there's this big giant Waylord sitting out in the middle of the ocean, just doesn't move. It's just so fucking cool to see it in the background all the time. And there was a point where I was like, all right, I got to go see what this fucking dude's all about because it's bigger than normal. It's like level 80. It's like, yes. It's dude. It's level 80. Wow, dude, I, I, I had no idea that was just a, a guess. It's wow. it's level 80, and it's like four times the size of a normal Waylord. It's unreal. So what did I do? 
You caught him. No, I fucking killed it by accident, and you only get one shot. Now I'm now it's done. Uh, I'm so up- I thought it would come back every day, or it would reshow up. Uh uh-uh. uh, nope. And I and I saved it after I killed it, and I was like, what did I do? You so, stupid dope. Yeah, so I kind of blew that. I really blew that. I'm really pissed. Uh, but it's really cool that Whale Lord's out there. Um, after you're partway through the story, your Pokemon can come out of its Pokeball and follow you around the island, which is a really nice touch. They finally got they finally got that right. Um, that should have been in the main game. You can only do it on the Isle of Armor, which is the downside, but at least you can do it. Uh, the Zera Aura Raids I talked about, they're fun. And um, you remember Mustard, the guy who runs the dojo? I think so. The old guy and his name is Mustard. Yeah, I think. His wife's name is Honey. Oh, my God. It's Honey Mustard, bro. It's so uh, good. And they have a son. I just, I just don't get it. It's so good. Oh, my God. I made friends with Honey Mustard. So uh, it's really cool. I Overall, I love it. A lot of places are giving this eights and nines um, and really good value for DLC. And we're not even, you know, we're only halfway done. We still get the yeah, Crown it's Tundra. Uh, it's really, really fun, and I and I really, really enjoy it. And it's cool to go back to Sword and Shield. It's been a little bit since I played those games, and it's cool because the three people that I played Sword and Shield along with, that we were chatting and trading and all that stuff, all got it too. So my text thread is back, and we're all talking about it again and how whimsical it is and cool. So it kind of brought me back to playing Sword and Shield for the first time. It was a lot of fun. It was weird. I, I had to go through my party and – put all my new Pokemon in and I'm like, holy shit, who did I use again? And who's good? And so I actually rearranged it's been my, that long. I have 32 boxes, right? Of Pokemon. Jesus. They're not all filled. Only like half of them are filled. But, um, I, because I'm crazy, I went in and with 32 boxes, 32 divided by four is eight. There's eight gens. So I changed the background of every fourth, uh, box and I gave four boxes dedicated to each uh, region, Kanto, Johto, Sinnoh. Yeah. And I painstakingly went through all my boxes and rearranged them all by gen. You're a savage. It was a lot of work. <laughs> it's a yeah, lot. You of are work. not. It took me hours to do, but I had fun. It took me two hours to do it, but I had fun doing it. And now I'm putting, because my OCD is kicking in, when I catch something, I have to put it in its proper box. Oh, God. He's stuck. And I went through and I caught every single Gigantamax Pokemon available. So I have them all. Machamp and Grimmsnarl, all of them, baby. So I'm rocking. Nice. I'm rocking the Gigantamax. It's really, really good. And you know what else is really good? Our time with Chris Shriver. So. What we're going to do now is uh, we're going to go to a little small interview with Chris Shriver to talk about the EA Play. We're going to talk about PlayStation 5, and we're going to talk about uh, his impressions of Pokemon Snap. Um, So we hope you enjoy. We'll see you back in a couple minutes after this with Chris Shriver. And as promised, joining us for the first time in a long time, it's always great to have him on the show. Welcome back from the Platformers Pod, from IGN, from every other place on the sun. You can find him on Twitter at Shrives93. It's Chris Shriver. Chris, thanks for coming back, man. Dude, thank you for having me. Uh, I love being on here. It's it's a lot of fun to have you back. And now, uh, I, you know, we're doing this over the phone. Sam's over the telly and you're over the telly, so we can't see each other. So I'll give you audio cues as to who can talk. But we wanted to bring you on 
for a little bit here so the three of us can discuss the last couple weeks in gaming, at least the two big things that, well, two of the big things that happened, number one being the PlayStation 5 and number two being the EA Play 2020 that just wrapped up just minutes ago. Uh, So we want to talk about that today. But before we get into that EA Play, we need to know your opinion on the PS5. Oh, baby. Uh, the, the taco console of 2020. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, that thing could have looked any, any way, any shape, any form. Uh, Sony's got my dollars. Like I'm, I'm going to buy it regardless. Yep. I hear you hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm very much like they are my, my first party studio. Um, or, or you know what I mean? The console. Um, the, I, I want to be an Xbox kid again. And so far there hasn't, they, they still haven't given me any compelling reason to be one um, yep. as long, so long as I have a PC. Right. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited for PS5. I think the so far the launch lineup um, and that presentation was a little it was very PlayStation. Like it was yeah. just a lot of indies um, or just games that you saw and you're like, cool. I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Ratchet and Clank looks amazing. Spider-Man will be great. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very very excited for it. I now are you, okay, you going to get the CD version or are you going to get the digital? Oh, I'll totally get the physical one. Yeah, um, I have too many physical PS4 games at this yep. point. Same here. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was, you know, I too want to be an Xbox kid again. I I grew up with the well, I grew up with. I was like an adult when <laughs> it came out, but I, I love the 360. I I even like the OG. Um, the Xbox one is like my entertainment console and I, they still have the opportunity to win us over in July when they really go heavy on their first party stuff. And if they do make an acquisition of, of WB games, that would be enormous. But at the same time, like you said, it almost doesn't matter from a console perspective because all of their Xbox exclusives, I say that in quotes are going to be available almost day and date on PC. So it's like, you don't need it anymore. It's not like the go-to console. Right, right. I mean, the, the one thing that it has is that I'm not going to put a PC in my living room. Like, I'm not going right. to. I'm never going to do that. Right. And, um, and, it's a convenience <laughs> factor. Also, uh, Xbox Live is the superior online service. If if you ask me, it's the superior online service. Um, no, it is. It, like, I think it. It's like you, you can't even debate that. Yeah. Um, just in terms of stability and everything, like their their infrastructure is just insane. Yeah. Uh, pretty soon you're going to have Microsoft Teams built into your Xbox Series X, and I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah. I'll take work calls while playing Halo. It'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so the PS5, it does look like a router and a taco had a baby. Um, I do like it. I like it a lot better on its side. I thought I'd like it less on its side, but I think it looks really good laying down. Um, yeah, it's, you, on the, it's on the side for me. You already I talked. Think it, looks like a, it looks like a shelter from uh... <laughs> Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> you, you already mentioned some of the launch launch lineup games like Spider-Man, like Ratchet and Clank. And then you mentioned some of the indies, but you didn't mention Horizon. So how, how did that announcement strike you? Um, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that that was coming. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for it. But my problem with the first Horizon was like the I think the story, the, the beginning of that game, like the first five hours of that game, were some of the most interesting storytelling, like of this generation. Period. Sure. Um, then it finds like a nice cliff. Night finds a nice when cliff to st- fall off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you find a, 
like they they show that wall and and it's like built into the mountain and they're like we don't know what it is like i just remember being like so engrossed and and wanting to know more about like how that world was set up um and unfortunately like i feel like that game came out at a weird time where breath of the wild was like a week afterwards and i couldn't help but compare it to that and like the climbing mechanics in that game were just way better mm-hmm. um and just traversing the world is a lot more fun so like if they can improve upon that in the combat then i'll care but for now it's like cool a new horizon game's coming but is it gonna play any better than the last one did like not that it was a bad game by any stretch but like it just didn't hit the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, I think it was. It suffered. I don't. I want to say it suffered. I mean, it sold gangbusters. It's critically a, a darling, and and obviously was like the jewel and gem of the showcase for a lot of people. So I don't want to downplay anything about Horizon, but I feel the exact same way that you did. I actually stopped playing it seven hours in and got rid of it because I was just like, I I don't I don't have any interest in continuing the story. I actually. Uh, just picked up Days Gone because I feel like that game is a little underrated and I want to give that game a shot. So, like, my PlayStation exclusive blood is boiling right now. I'm excited. I'm jazzed. I'm juiced. I'm ready to roll, especially with The Last of Us 2 launching in just four hours. Well, and before and before we move on, Shriver, do we have an update on your delivery? <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day. So last night I go to bed and I have my status on my order says it it's supposed to be delivered tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I wake up this morning. It says it's going to get delivered on Monday. I'm like, Oh God, this, this cannot be. Then it says it's going to come between nine and noon. I was like, okay, cool. I'm waiting for the guy. He still doesn't show up, showing up. I checked my phone. We were dealing with the thing with work and I checked it and it says delivered. I was like, Oh my God. And I like sprinted downstairs and it's not there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Someone so stole your package. FedEx notoriously will mark packages as delivered and then deliver them the next day. I, I assume so you UPS is the same way. I've had that yeah. done to me recently. Same exact thing. So deliver next so day. Boom, got it. But at least yeah. you'll, you'll get hopefully get it on the day of release. So hopefully all is well. Dude, I hope. I hope so. Because you're gonna see you're gonna read about me on the news if this game doesn't show up. Like it's gonna be bad. Well, at least you did the responsible thing and took off Monday, not tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, yeah good move. Good move. <laughs> All right, let's get into this EA play. Uh I thought we'd have so before we started recording, Shrive, you made a really good point of I thought we'd have more to talk about, but it is EA after all. Um so I don't know. I guess I was just hoping for a redemption year and I'm waiting for that one year where EA finally realizes that they have the power to be a bigger player than they are, even though they're already one of the biggest players. So, uh, you know, was excited for this. I mean, a little bit is because E3 was canceled. A little bit is because I'm we're all home and we're just clamoring for any sort of news. I mean, there's a toothbrushing game that I downloaded because I'm so freaking thirsty for news. So, uh, I was psyched for this. And then immediately, you know, I like Greg Miller. That's all fine and dandy. And I loved how they opened it with the updates on, you know, injustice and um, with the pandemic and, and all that stuff. But when the first game you show me is apex legends, which I understand is the big money maker for EA right now. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. So oh, you don't um, play that game at all, Trevor. No, and I mean, I get it. Like they, 
Don't get me wrong. EA being on Steam is a massive deal, yeah. um, especially like for anybody on PC, um, because if you've ever used Origin, you know how freaking terrible it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, like there, that app literally like makes some of their games unplayable on some people's computers. So, like I get it, but at the same time, like I don't think that you needed to do this in this place. Um, yeah. But I get they want to get the word out and whatever, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, yeah, the, it, was, the, it was a weird way to start that. Yeah, the, the whole Steam thing could have been a press release. And, and I get it. Like you said, it's it's this is huge news and that I don't want to overshadow that. And they delivered it in a way of tying it into Apex Legends season five. They gave you the update. It's the biggest season to date. Lost Treasures. The event is coming on Tuesday, the 23rd, which for any Apex player, that's awesome. You're getting that content in five days. Um, but Apex coming to Steam with crossplay and also the Nintendo Switch this fall, I I personally had 1.5 as the, as the over-under for how many times they would say Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think this was the only time. But still, nice to know that, you know, Fortnite came there and, and now we're going to get Apex on the Switch. It's not going to sway me to play it, but it is nice to know that it's coming to all these consoles. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic to see how that game runs on a Switch. I'm cautiously optimistic to cross-play somebody on a Switch versus a PC player. There's no. Yeah, way. I mean, there's no way that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's no, I mean, fair. Fortnite has the same problem yeah. if you want to call it that. Like, it, and, and usually you can opt out as to whether or not you're going to do it. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're just going to you're you're not going to do as well typically. Yeah. <laughs> I was to say you're going to get annihilated. The Switch is actually home to a lot of Fortnite players just because obviously the portability uh, thing, you can play it on the go. And uh, I I like that idea, that aspect of playing Apex on the go and, you know, from my couch without my television. I just the game to me is just such a it's Overwatch mixed with Fortnite and there's some cool stuff in there. But that's really all it is to me. It's the it's the character shooter. And I'm just I'm just over it at this point. Yeah. What about The Sims 4? That's now coming to Steam right now. Uh, it's a game that exists. I mean, and this is the thing. Like, this is this is my problem with a lot of EA games, and maybe I'm just getting like older and just don't care. But yeah. like, so many of these franchises, it's the same. It's like you know the iterated game in a series of games that's been coming out for like literally my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't care about it when I was 10, and I don't care about it now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm very... say, I, I haven't played this game in 20 years, so yeah, I, I agree. Don't get me wrong, I'm very excited for the, the fans of these games. It's just, it's not my not my cup of tea. It's one of those things where it's it was just another example during this presentation where the lead-up, the build-up, was longer than the news or any gameplay that could have followed it because you had, you know, the diversity trailer with all the people, you know, telling and sharing their stories, which was great. It was heartwarming. It was, it was great. But then you show no gameplay, just all right, by the way, it's on steam, which again, I don't want to overshadow how enormous that is that EA who has their own online service in origins is moving games to the dominant platform for PC gamers. I don't want to overshadow that. But it's just The Sims. And then they said even more games are coming to EA. I'm sorry, to Steam with Titanfall 2 and Dead Space 3 and A Way Out. And actually, they did mention Nintendo Switch again because they said seven EA games are coming to Switch in 2020. I I was going to say, I thought they said Nintendo Switch a few times. Yeah, that was was the other time. Seven games coming to Switch this year from EA. They didn't say which games. I... 
Methinks, methinks we're getting a Madden port. I would, I would actually buy it for no reason because that would just be cool to play Madden on my Switch. But at the same time, I don't know what games. I imagine maybe Command and Conquer Remastered. If that's coming, I wish it was. I wish it was Command and Conquer Yuri's Revenge. That that was my shit. Yeah, well, I think some parts of Yuri's will be involved in this. I know it's a remaster of the original. I think maybe even a way out might come to Switch because that would be a pretty good. You take two Joy Cons. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, that would actually be a really cool co-op experience. It just sucks because Nintendo Online is trash and they don't have chat except for through the app. So I can see some challenges yeah. with with yeah. that. Um, yeah, then you saw Command and Conquer remastered gameplay. It was previously announced. We never really saw gameplay yet, if if ever, maybe once. So that was just a retread. Then they went into the first like real big reveals slash announcements, and it was for EA Originals. And they started off in the right place. Um, they start off in the right place, in my opinion. Out of the three games they really showcased, they went with Hazelight Studios first. They brought out Joseph Ferris to do his thing. Um, you, I'm sure if you watched it, you now know who he is. The guy that said F the Oscars multiple times on the Game Awards stage and became a cult hero in the gaming landscape. He created a way out, which Shriver and I both bought, and we said we were going to play together. We never did. <laughs> you we, bastards. We never it's did. still sitting on my Xbox. Same, same, dude. And I really want to play it because it does look amazing, and I don't know the ending. It was not spoiled for me. Uh, yeah, me either. So I would love to still do that, but he announced the game. Get your shit together. Based on one of my favorite movies ever, It Takes Two with the Olsen twins. Uh, it's called It Takes Two. It's uh, basically a girl's going through divorce. Um, she creates these two dolls. These dolls come to life in a 3D action platformer coming 2021, but it's going to have that Joseph Ferris kind of look and feel to it that made me extremely excited. Today, I, I had I had stepped out at that point, I think to go look uh, for the package. Did they show any <laughs> gameplay? They sh- I caught like the end of that. They showed an in-engine trailer. They didn't show any okay, gameplay. That's yeah. what, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything with that. Like, um, I, I thought it looked okay. Like I can appreciate it for what it is, but for me, like it's like, like you said before, not just not my cup of tea. Well, Sam, the Joseph Ferris, the game that he created beforehand, a way out. It's, it's this like crazy new take on co-op where, you are two guys that have to break out of prison and you actually play it and co-op on the same screen, but um, you can I do it. I remember talking about it. Yeah, yeah. you can I do it locally. You can do it online, but you actually exist in each other's game world. Like you can see each other walking around and like it's a pretty massively cool idea. And I think like the way he thinks about co-op is exciting. And I think that's what we're going to get in this with this. You know, it's not, it's a 3D action platformer and you're playing as dolls. I'd like to see if there's a single player component where maybe like, you know, the Brotherhood games where you can control both with your sticks. Maybe that's how that plays out. We don't know anything about how it plays yet. But when you say the word platformer to me, I get excited. And when you say Joseph Ferris, I get intrigued. So at at nothing else, this was the first time in this presentation where they, I was fully paying attention. Okay, interesting. What about uh, Lost in Random, guys? What did you think about Lost in Random? It's like the nightmare before Christmas comes to a video game. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I love the yeah. visuals. 2021, what did you think of this? I definitely, um, I don't know if you remember this game, Alice Madness Returns. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, it was last gen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a 3D platformer. I got, I mean, obviously I got like Tim Burton 
vibes from it, but it reminded me a lot of that. Um, just that kind of weird, creepy feel. Um, and I was like, I was thinking about if I remember playing that game and thinking like, this is such a cool world, um, that I could see myself being in for like maybe five to eight hours and then being immediately like, okay, I'm over this. Yeah. Um, just cause I feel like that, that type of like aesthetic just doesn't, for me, it just doesn't sit well if it goes on for that long. Um, but if they if they do it right, I think it could be a really unique game, especially coming from EA. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's like you, you can appreciate that game. Just you, know, you can't play it for long. But I, yeah, I yeah. also think it's probably a smaller title, so it might be an eight hour game max anyway. So they, that's what I'm hoping. You know, they might you know they might milk the cow, but know when the when the milk is up and dry and, and kind of end it where it needs to end. Like I think of like inside and limbo those games are perfect and they're also kind of short like you can beat them in two hours but it's the coolest two hours you'll spend like journey and flower um so like they might do something like that where they don't overstay their welcome and you kind of just feel like you're in a tim, tim burton movie and and with with a dice with a with you know dicey the die I, i'm cool with that too uh it did look pretty neat it it did not make my list for the top three that we'll get into at the end here of top three games, but it was close because strictly because of that art style. Can't go wrong. What'd you think of uh Goldeneye, uh Rocket Launchers Only, comes to Fortnite mixed with Overwatch in uh Rocket Arena, a Rockets only Man, shooter? You wanna talk about and I feel like I'm just like crapping all over this conference, which like I there there were things in it I like, I swear to God. But, like, I'm just so over that whole aesthetic of, like, I, I don't like arena shooters. I don't like the super cartoony stuff. Um, like, I, I, I don't want to look at another Fortnite screenshot for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this game was developed and then retuned in direct response to Fortnite, obviously. Um, Trying to ride that train. Like, even the camera perspective is like so close. Like they, they don't, it doesn't feel like they did enough to try and separate themselves from that. Well, um, I, you look at something like destruction all stars last week on the PS five. It was, it's the same thing. It's twisted right. metal meets Fortnite, and everything is trying to copy that Fortnite art style. And when Fortnite came out, I gave that art style props. When I f- was first seeing that art style, I was like, hell yeah, because Fortnite originally was a tower defense game and they right. returned. They, they completely rebuilt that game into the juggernaut that it is today. And I give a lot of props to that art style up front, but you know, obviously with gaming being a parody thing and um, you know, everybody's trying to kind of capitalize on, on that art style craze and selling the merch and selling this, selling that it's just another one. And it's three V three, which, which I can actually appreciate. That's with the rocket league piece of it. Cause rocket league's three V three. So there's yeah. your rocket league piece. Um, it's cross play, which is neat. It's current gen, no Nintendo switch. But what struck me is that it comes out in less than a month. It comes out Jan or July 14th, which I actually think is a positive because at least they don't have to wait until 2021 when potentially this Fortnite art style gets even more played out. No, I think it's it's smart that they're they're dropping it sooner rather than later. And honestly, this has been this has been on the back burner in that studio. Not on the back burner, but like from what I understand, like they completely like they, they made a lot of changes to this game to make sure that it was more unique and uh ready to go. 
um, sooner rather than later. Um, because they kind of fell off the face of the earth for a little bit from what I've read, but Mm -hmm. Sam, I'm assuming you feel the same way about this game. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. Well, hopefully hopefully we all like the next game that was shown. And that was star Wars squadrons. Uh, we saw the debut trailer on Monday. We got the announcement last Friday, uh, but we did not see any gameplay. I mean, of course they did what they do and they replayed the trailer before they showed us gameplay because that's, that's a good idea. Um, but they showed us first gameplay of Star Wars Squadrons. You're playing with different classes of ships, which I thought was a, a nice touch. There's a multiplayer aspect. Uh, it's all in VR, and it's going to have a single-player campaign where you play as a little bit of the Resistance and a little bit of the Empire. What did you guys think of the first Wait, gameplay be- of Squadrons? Before we even get started, does it come out for PS5? Because I, I don't think I saw that. No, it's October 2nd on current-gen consoles. Okay, just wanted to make you sure. You gotta imagine they're gonna port that, right? Yeah. I guess no, they would have no, said no, that. no, because no, 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 no. every That's game for PS4. I would have thought I would have saw the PS5 logo. Oh well, yeah, PS4 no, games are going to be yeah, played right, natively, right. so yeah, you, you right. can just put it into your PS5 and play it. I'm sure they'll do an enhanced, you know, up res of it when you put it in. But you this is the next gen anymore. You don't need PS5 ports. You just put it in and it does it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I can't wait for this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably either everyone's favorite, one or two favorite of the of the whole freaking thing. You can look gorgeous. And it wasn't even a new announcement. I almost would have rather them saved it and would have debuted the game tonight as opposed to showing it to us Monday. I get why you did it Monday. It got more people watching tonight because they promised gameplay. So I get it, but. In the Monday through Thursday time lapse of these last couple of days, they were not extremely overtly all about it on social media to get people more aware that it was even going to be there tonight and get ready, get ready, get ready. I didn't see a lot of that on social media. Um, and they have millions of followers on EA Star Wars, Twitters and Facebooks and stuff like that. So, you know, this looked great. But if can you imagine the hype levels if this game was actually just announced tonight as opposed to on Monday and you showed us that gameplay would have been phenomenal. Yeah. No, you're right. And don't get me wrong. It looked phenomenal. And I'm very, very, very happy selfishly to say that this is awesome, that it's a $40 title. But that does tell me that that campaign's not going to have much meat on its bones and uh, the modes and all these things. There might be microtransactions later on in this game that that turn that $40 price tag into the 60 into the 80. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily. Okay. I feel I feel like. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe people are going to laugh at this. But like, I, I want to. I have to believe that EA learned their lesson from uh, Battlefront Two. Like the way the way that that game was rolled out and the way that it was received. Yeah. Um, it was so the first year of that game was so rough. Yeah. And then for them to come out over the next two or three years and roll out these free content updates. Um, I mean that game is so fully fleshed out now and has so much to offer. Um, I feel like a lot of people came back to it and have gotten a lot out of it since then. Um, so I, I hope that they're, they're trying to talk, like they know that that game is going to sell gangbusters because it's star Wars. Um, and if, if you have VR, like even like PSVR, it's not great, but, um, it's the VR you have, you know, mm-hmm. um, versus having like, uh, an Oculus Rift S or um, a Valve Index, like 
it has there's a lot of potential there and and if you um if you, i don't know if you got to try it greg i don't know if you have psvr um i do not okay so in battlefront 2 they had a demo for it was like a um proof of concept thing that they did where it was probably like 15 minutes long where you flew an x-wing and like got to shoot a bunch of stuff i did play um, that my brother-in-law has a psvr so i got to play that oh okay um, Made so me I sick. I imagine a it's a souped-up version of that, obviously. Yeah, and and, um, and I love the listen. We don't have a great Star Wars pilot style game. We just don't have it, um, especially that one that looks this great and and beautiful. So I'm excited for that portion of it. The only the only thing I get that EA is kind of the the glue here between the two games, but one is Dice and one is Motive. It's two different studios. So I wonder how much they have influence and say on a microtransaction strategy right? versus EA coming over the top and saying, no, it's our way and you kind of got to just do it. So I, I just don't know. If this was DICE, I'd be like, yeah, sure, you're right, um, because they definitely – I mean, you can pick up Battlefront 2 now for $10 and it's a $60 game. Like that game still packs a ton of value. Um, yeah. So I – I get it, but with it being motive making it, I just don't know. But forty dollars is an attractive price point, regardless. I mean, even if you give us a short and some shortened content, forty dollars doesn't make you feel like, oh shit, I just wasted yeah, sixty. Yeah, it doesn't hurt as bad as sixty. Come on. Yeah. Um, crazy enough, we're almost done. Uh, it was about forty-five minute Real presentation. Quick. Yeah, gentlemen. Guess what my fiance just walked into my office with? Yeah, the last oh, was part Jesus. two, baby. <laughs> just just you tell us how beautiful it looks. I love you a lot. I love you more than life itself. Dude, what, what a cool moment. Like, to start it, like, you know, you, you tell us oh about it God. and he gets it live. How cool is that? Take Thanks, it out of the baby. package. You got to take it out of the package. You got to let us let us know. Yeah, it's like, yo, we, what's in the box? What's in the box? She said, Jess said she uh, she thinks a stranger or, or it was delivered at the wrong house because a stranger just dropped it off. Oh, well, well, good for that stranger. Time. Yeah, good. Wow. That's wild. Well, thank oh, that's you. That's awesome. That is wild. Well, we know what yeah. we know what Chris is doing after this. Well, he yeah, won't buddy. be able to, you won't well you you won't be able to play until midnight though, right? It'll be locked. Well, so I'll I'll install the disc tonight. Yeah. Um because it's it it comes on two discs if you buy it physical because it's like a hundred gig. Yeah, I have um, it. I have it. Oh, I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to delete shit. Oh, but God. I got the uh, the Ellie edition, so I'll be unboxing that and proudly oh, displaying no, it in my nice. office. Yeah. Oh, did you get the twenty three hundred dollar guitar? Uh, I put it on my wish list for my <laughs> wedding. If anyone would like to buy it for me, uh, I wouldn't be upset. What a, cool, what a cool moment in the history of we podcast that we know things. <laughs> like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Chris gets his game that doesn't even come out until tomorrow before all of us. That's pretty sad. Uh, the world is a weird place. If it had to be anybody, I'm glad it's you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to fly through the next little bit here because I can probably imagine that none of us give a shit. Um, so they went, you know, Lamar Jackson, quarterback of the, the Baltimore Ravens came on. He said, let's introduce you to the next generation of EA sports. They showed FIFA. They showed Madden. No gameplay, just in-engine trailers. No mention of NHL, which did me a little bit dirty. A little pissed about that. I get it. 
And then they went into some next-gen announcements. Now, they didn't really announce any announcements. They said that Criterion, BioWare, DICE, and Motive are all working on games, but then there were no formal announcements of those games. I was expecting a Mass Effect trilogy remastered. Maybe not expecting, maybe hoping for. A lot, get, I heard a lot of people were hoping A lot of people were. And yeah. we, we didn't get it. Uh, we didn't really get anything. We just got, hey, these four studios are working on stuff, so... Probably Dragon Age, I'd imagine, for Bioware. Um, Criterion is a racing game. Dice, I don't know. And Motive was some cool little concept. It looked a little bit like Crackdown. Um, but we'll kind of, I guess, learn more about that in the future. Uh, what those four studios are working for. And, and then they basically said, all right, it's done. Bye. Oh, wait, one more thing. Uh, and then as soon as you say one more thing, I was like, it's either SSX or it's Skate. And guess what? Skate is coming back. Hell yeah. Did no. you guys play skate growing up? I don't like it. I'm not as hyped as everybody else for the skate comeback. I'm psyched because I was a skater growing up. Yeah, same. Um, I, I was more of a Tony Hawk guy myself. And I, I'm hyped I, to get another skating game. Like That's awesome. And I still yeah. am a Tony Hawk guy. And guess what? Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remasters coming September 4th. Where skate, I'm going to presume it's skate Pre-order. 4. It's, they literally said, it's just a thing. You've commented it into reality, but it's really, really early in development. Um, my guess is it's like two months into development, maybe. Like three years. Like I this game is probably three years. I think this is a twenty twenty two release. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy to to predict at all. Yeah. Um normally when they say that they want to be like what's unfortunate is whenever they're in this kind of position, um they they end up like almost backing themselves into a corner where every year now it's going to be where to skate, where to skate. Like we need to see it. Yeah. 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 Look at what happened with final fantasy seven remake. It was announced in 15. Well, look at anything square Enix has done in the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see where project Athea is four years from now. Um, yeah, it probably still will have a, it'll probably still have a working title project name. So um, yeah, skate. Well, the thing is, next year's EA play, will we get our first trailer? Then the next year, will we get our first gameplay? And then next year, will we get a release date? So, like, we're still a ways away from Skate 4. And I'm assuming that if Tony Hawk 1 and 2 does well critically and commercially, that they're going to make another Tony Hawk game, and they may already be. So I feel like the Tony Hawk Skate War is going to come back, which is just a good thing for skaters and skating games. And I'm still yeah, a skater. Yeah, so it's a it's a good thing, and of course I'll play Skate Four. I was just I like the crazy combo system as opposed to the more sim style of skating that Skate offers, and and that's why I'm like I'm not big on Skater XL or Session or these other skating games coming out. Just give me back Tony Hawk, baby. You know it. All right, let's go around. Chris, we'll start with you. Let's give our top three games from the presentation. You can just um, go. You can go three, two, one in in order, unless you want us to come back to you. Yeah, if you need time, I'll I'll go before you. Yeah, right. go ahead, go ahead. All right, my number three. I just went with Lost and Random. Like the thing was like you know, it, it was it was different. Like you said, Shriver. I I don't think I could play it for long, but it looked pretty cool. Number two, of course, Skate. That was a cool announcement. But number one, of course, Star Wars. Yeah, I. Nice and easy. I we as I think predicted, we have two of the same three. My number three is Skate 4, strictly because, or I'm going to call it Skate 4, strictly because it's a super, super early announcement, and they just wanted to get Twitter rolling for a couple days until it dies off. Um, 
but that's cool that we know it's at least in existence. It's like the Metroid Prime 4 thing. Like, when the fuck are we going to get that game? So uh, we're still waiting. So I think that was why that is my number three. If we had a little bit more substantial, you know, something chunky to it, I'd be more attracted to it. My number two is It Takes Two, the Joseph Ferris game. Um, I love his ideas of co-op and how he can manipulate co-op to make it feel like a seamless experience that it should um, and make you feel immersed in a world with a buddy. Um, in my case, an enemy, because I don't have any friends. And then number one, like you said, Sam, it's Star Wars Squadrons. The game looks beautiful. It looks like it's going to be one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars content in any medium, right up there with The Mandalorian. Uh, I'm really excited to be a pilot. I think that that genre is criminally underdone. Uh, you have the ace combats, you have the flight simulators, but like a space combat game done right. I'm excited that Motive's taking it. I'm excited for what it looks like. And the fact that it's only $40 really grabs me. So Chris and comes out October, October 2nd. 2nd. Chris, what about you? For the internet's sake, I'm very excited for skate. Um, <laughs> that's my number three. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm glad that, cause I've been that person. I mean, even with, which, you know, we may talk about later, like Pokemon snap. Um, like that was my Gatorade get hype moment so far. Um, outside of this conference, at least over the past couple of weeks. Um, so that would be my number three. Number two, and this is going to be like kind of a cop out. Honestly, it's I think it's EA's transparency. Um, and what I mean by that is like, if you ever go back and watch EA play, like what would, I guess that would have been 2018 was my first year covering it. Um, it it was like just nails on a chalkboard. And like, don't get me wrong, I love Andrea Renee. She's a great host. Um, but like they just were, they, they, I think they're finally past that point where they're like trying to figure out like, how does a giant corporation talk to a bunch of 20 and 30 year olds? Like they, they've had a really hard time adapting to their audience. And I feel like they're very, they're finally getting close. Um, where like, sure. A lot of stuff in this conference, like it wasn't for me. Um, there are there things that they can improve upon. Yes, um, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with uh, COVID and everything like that. Um, but overall, like I feel like they actually are trying to make strides to make themselves more likable amongst the game community because I think they know that they have to to a certain extent. Um, at least if they're going to make more than just sports games, where it's like okay, well you're the only person making a football game, I guess I have to buy it. Um, yeah. yeah, for real. They, yeah, good point. They like they have to be able to cater to those audiences, and I feel like they're they're on the right track. They just need to keep going. Um, and number one is Star Wars. I mean, the fact that we're getting a, a game that has a full uh, a game of that magnitude that has a full VR mode that's coming um, is it's awesome. Like I can't. It, it'll hey, be no, thing that hey. if I had the money um, would be the thing that would push me to the edge to buy like an Oculus at this point. Mm. The, the, the killer app, the killer app for Oculus. I think the, yeah, exactly. The previous killer app for PSVR was probably RE seven. Uh, or beat saber. Super hot, but that's available on a lot of things. I think Iron Man VR is going to be a good seller. I don't know if it's going to move a lot of units with PS five right around the corner, but when you have to drop, you know, five, $600 on that or whatever that's going to look like. But, um, I'm excited for July 3rd for, for Iron Man VR for that. But 
Um, Chris, before we let you go, Sam and I already talked about it earlier in the pod, but uh, we asked you before we started, hey, are you a Snap guy? And uh, we want to get your <laughs> we want to get your impressions on new Pokemon Snap. So here's the thing. I <laughs> Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap, I have like fond memories of that game being being literally Same seven game. years old. That game, I was I was seven when that game came out, like 20 years ago. Um going to Blockbuster, printing out the stickers. Yeah, like I remember that. It was it was a religious experience for me as a kid. Um I was in my office building by myself because of quarantine and I have to be there sometimes because of my job yeah. and I'm watching this stream and I'm like, there's a toothbrushing game. There's a match three. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have much to expect. <laughs> Pokemon snap comes on. And if I could do a backflip, man, I would have like, yeah. it started. And I was like, there's no way that this is what it is. And as soon as the camera lens popped up, I like screamed in this empty building. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad a cool moment. Oh yeah, I'm glad that there wasn't a camera like pointed at my desk or anything. Um, yeah, dude, I'm I'm so excited for that game. I hope it doesn't suck because if it sucks, like it'll all have been for nothing. It's listen, uh, it's not gonna. Suck. No, Ban- it's Bandai Namco. I think they're in really good hands with Bandai Namco. I think you look at the yeah. the visual difference between that and Sword and Shield just tells you how good a Pokemon game can look. Um, cause this looks absolutely gorgeous. It's an on rails photography game. Like how can you F that up? You really can't. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you're just, you're staging moments really. For like, real. It's pretty hard to mess up. Give and, me, and who doesn't love Pokemon? Right. And give me good like puzzles. Give me good, like secret paths. Give me 300 Pokemon. I don't need all 800, but the first game only had what? 63, 64. So like. Give yeah, me, yeah. A, give me three, four times that they had Pokemon in that trailer from Gens one all the way through eight. So we know we're going to get good representation across the board. This game just screams at me like I can't friggin' wait. Yeah, if and when I do get a, a switch, I, I'll probably have to pick up this game. If and when I'll probably. Those are the How most. How long defeat- has he been saying this now? This is what three years we're into the since, since I, March tenth. Since March tenth, when I got mine from your brother Shriver. Oh my god! That you is know, when this, this thing looks happened. pretty cool. Maybe I'll get one someday. <laughs> Yo, Chris! Now the PS Five is coming out. You know, I got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Whatever, man. What a jabroni. What a jabroni. Right? <laughs> Chris, dude. It I'll was, get it one of these days. It was so great, man, <laughs> having you back on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope you're staying safe. And, and please, please enjoy The Last of Us Part 2. I will. I just peeled off the last piece of tape on the, the cardboard box. I'm very excited. Oh, my God, man. It, enjoy, my friend. Thanks for having me again, guys, really. Yeah, it was uh, a pleasure. Next up, we got our favorite. We got the name. NPD. Yeah, and and before we start that, just a quick thanks to Chris for for coming on. It's always great to see him. Well, yeah, we didn't, we was, didn't see him. Long, but, it was a, well, we didn't see him, but it was a long time coming to having him back on the pod. Yeah, it's always great to have Chris on. So thanks again, and, and we hope you guys enjoyed the EA play. But what we love to do is talk about NPD results. We love it every month, um, and I'm really psyched to talk about it because again, they've expanded the list to the top 20. So now we have the top 20 best selling games of May. Number 20, FIFA 20. Number 19, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, okay. which, which is, I think, a PS3 and 360 game. I'm not 100% on that. 
Uh, might be a very early PS4. Uh, number 18, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Nice to see. Nice. Number 17, MLB The Show 20. Number 16, Saints Row the Third Remastered. Number 15, Minecraft Dungeons. Number 14, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. So and not a top 10 spot for Xenoblade, but it also came out very late in the month. It came out on May 29th and is number 14 on the list. So it only had two days on the friggin' charts. So good for Xenoblade. So impressive. Very, yeah. very impressive. Number 13, Need for Speed Heat. Number 12, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Hey. Number 11, Madden NFL 20, which is crazy that that game did not make the top 10 and we're in the summer. Yeah. I know 21's coming out soon, but still, that's pretty nuts. Number 10, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number 9, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Number 8, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number nice. se- Yep, and as a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, number 7, Minecraft. Number 6, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes back to the list. Number 5, Mortal Kombat 11. As we know, Aftermath, the DLC came out, so that definitely bumped the sales pretty heavily there. Number 4, NBA 2K20. Number 3, hanging very strong on the list, Animal Crossing New Horizons. People are still home. They're going to play it. It's been three months since that game launched, and it's been two months since I played it. I am completely out. I'm done. Yeah, I figured. Number two, a brand new game to the list. Very excited that this game's debuting at number two, because I didn't think it would do as well as it's done. Coming out in 2013, Grand Theft Auto V. I did. I, you set it up. I was like, he, you know, no, I don't believe him. God damn it. Can't believe it's number two. <laughs> uh, uh, the yeah, PS5 yeah. announcement is going to even make it stronger for June. Oh, yeah, dude. It, it's not going nowhere. They said they're going to bring it to PS5 and all PS4 players get a million dollars a month for, in cash for the GTA online. So if you don't and the game was on sale recently uh, for PS play, days of play. So if you don't think this game's charting in June, too, you're nuts. Oh, yeah. There will be a lot of PlayStation exclusives charting in June because of that sale. There were some nasty good sales. Like, nasty good. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Resident Evil 7 or Days Gone, like, charts at 17 or 18 because of how cheap they were. They were $10. Just the deals. Yeah, they're, they're oh, wow. $10. Like, I bought Days Gone. I got it for free because I got a $20 gift card, so I got it for free. That's nuts. So that's sitting uh-huh. in my, my playlist. So I'm excited there. And number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So Yeah, no surprises. No surprises. Kind of a boring list. It's nice to see Mortal Kombat get a surge with the Aftermath DLC. Is it the Aftermath? And I'm always happy to see Mario Kart. Yeah, it didn't do great, the the tracking of Aftermath. Mario Kart's always great to see. That game's like 26 million, 27 million sold now. Uh, that's pretty friggin' insane. Um so not a ton there to surprise. Nice to see Final Fantasy hanging into the top ten. For being a PlayStation uh, exclusive, I would have thought it would have been higher because the game only came out in April. But you know what? At least it's on the list, so you kind of take it as you as you can. Yeah, WB Games may be for sale. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there were rumors that WB Games uh, is looking for a potential buyer, and I think the crazy news there is that the two major studios under WB are Rocksteady and NetherRealm. And Rocksteady is responsible for the Arkham games. Yeah. Um, and now not the new one. Whenever that new Batman game comes out, that's going to be uh, WB Montreal, which still would be, I believe, under this sale because it's a WB game studio. 
And Nether Realm is Injustice and Mortal Kombat. So with Street Fighter V being a PlayStation exclusive, if Xbox can step up and purchase, because if anybody can, Microsoft or Sony can definitely do it. Uh, if they step up and make WB Games a first-party studio and you have Mortal Kombat, Injustice, and the Batman Arkham games as Xbox exclusives, you've just won the console war. Or at least come really close. I hear what you're saying, but I just don't see it happening. Why not? If someone's going to buy it, why wouldn't the two biggest horses in the race be there to buy it? I mean, it makes sense. It should, but I don't I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I think that the more logical buyers are 2K, are Activision, you know, like the Activision Blizzard, EA, maybe. I don't know. But they're like the big players that could. I just think yeah. it would be a pipe dream. I also feel like if Microsoft, let's say Microsoft did buy it, I can see a world where maybe like Injustice is exclusive but then they sell out the rights to Mortal Kombat and the Batman or, games. Or, or do like a year exclusive and then it's out for everything. Something like that, yeah, because yeah. Um, Xbox, remember, bought Minecraft. They yeah. own Minecraft, but they still put it out everywhere because it's such a moneymaker. So maybe they would do that of, hey, we're going to put it on our platform for a year, like the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, and then you can play it on PlayStation. And I don't think that Batman would be a game where people wait. People would buy that console just to play. Oh, it. yeah. So, oh, my God, yeah. If Microsoft were to do something like that. Now, if Sony did something like that, it would be bigger because that's just another friggin' fish in their giant ocean of amazingness. Um, <laughs> I think they – the thing is, though, they don't need to do it. They have such great no. first-party studios that they don't need it like Microsoft does. Microsoft, that would be a huge win for them. Yeah, totally agree. Cyberpunk 2077 delayed two months until November 19th. It's been delayed for seven years already. So what's two more months? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, what the hell is 60 more days? CD Projekt Red came out and was pretty blunt about it. You know, it needs more time. It's it's done. The missions are done. Bugs. They the got game, bugs. But they got a lot of bugs they got to work through, which I appreciate. I want a seamless experience and I don't want to download a 20 gig patch on day one. So yeah. I get it. Um, I also think, you know, part of this move was because next gen is launching before that probably, or right around that time. And, uh, now you don't have to say to yourself, Oh, wait, are they going to, they're going to come out with a PS five version too, or an Xbox? Yeah. No, you can just, you don't have to wait. Like they can do kind of what they want now. So I think that kind of opens the doors to next gen a little bit better for cyberpunk. And listen, like you said, we've been waiting so long. What's another two months. Take your time guys. And I really do appear. Uh, I, I appreciate the transparency. Yeah. Just fix the bugs. We're, we're all good. Paper Mario, the origami King got a fresh new five minute trailer that assured that answered a lot of questions. Yeah. Like our partners coming back. Well, they are, we don't know in what capacity it showed off the new battle system. It showed off a lot of the story and the, the first trailer got me hyped, but it didn't sell me. This trailer did a lot more to sell me. Uh, Paper Mario is still not a game I've played since the Wii. Um, so I, I'm still kind of like on the fence. I'm waiting for like the next Nintendo Direct, to be honest, um, yeah. to determine whether I buy Paper Mario or not. If they come out with the next Direct and say the Mario remakes were real and all this other craziness, like, okay, then, because we know that the Mario remakes got an Amazon listing that was then taken down. So yeah. uh, if that's real and they say they're coming in 2020 and all this other cool shit, 
well, then I'm probably not going to buy Paper Mario because I'll have other things to play. Yeah, you'll be you'll be busy for a lot of hours. But right now, after The Last of Us, I got nothing until the next round of Pokemon DLC. So, or actually, until September when Tony Hawk launches, that'll be the dude, next thing. Dude, I'm taking my time. I, that's what I was thinking. I was, you know what? I'll last of us two until September until Tony Hawk. I'm good. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. You're gonna go June, July, and August for for this game. Probably. Wow, better you than me. I want to try and get through it quick so I don't forget anything. Like I just want that. I want that story to hit me hard. Um, I mean, you, you like the like when I played the first one. I just, I just enjoyed myself. Played, you know, just an hour and two at a time, and then put it down. Just, yeah. just you know, that, that's all. Yeah. Um, the the origami crane crane. Wow, the origami king trailer was really, really good. It's five minutes long. It's on our social media if you want to take a look at it. But I added a story to the rundown after I sent you the notes. So I just want to real briefly say that I personally think. We are absolutely getting a new Crash Bandicoot game announced relatively soon. And that is because when the Spyro remake was announced, before it was announced, IGN was sent a little purple puzzle thing in the shape of like an egg from Spyro. When Crash Team Racing was announced, IGN was sent, uh, I believe, a set of dice that were like that had a little Crash Team Racing vibe to them. And then I think yesterday IGN was sent a Crash Bandicoot puzzle that had the word time in capital letters on it. We are definitely getting a new Crash Bandicoot game announced very soon because the trend is there. They get a present and the game is announced. Oh, well, that's awesome. I, I, this could be the push. If it's for PS5, that would be awesome. I don't know. I mean, it really depends on that release date. If they... Yeah, I know that sounds obvious, but like if this game is super deep in development, which it very well could be because the Insane Trilogy is years old at this point, um, then we could be getting it, you know, on the current gen. And I think that might be a smart play because of the install base. Um, They'll put it on Switch because they put the Insane Trilogy on Switch and it ran just fine. Um, And you have Ratchet and Clank already for 2021 for PS5. So it's like they're very similar aesthetically. So... Do you want that kind of clashing? Who knows? But I personally think we're getting a crash game probably within the next two months announced. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I'll take it. SGDQ has shifted to an online marathon and will not have any in-person attendees. Yeah, it'll still be August 16th to the 23rd. So they kept the delayed release date. They did not move it back to its original slot. But instead of in-person, it'll be an online marathon, which is fine. Um, it's not as hype and... I don't know if it'll draw as much in donations just because so much of that event is being in that room. I mean, it'll definitely still get donations, but just hopefully that people are there to support it for the good cause that it is. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to hit the 2.3 million mark like it can. Maybe more like the 2 million mark, which is still a shit ton of money to a good cause. Yeah. Um, but like being there in that room, there's really nothing like it. There's really nothing like it. And to take that away is, is going to be... It's going to be a different GDQ this year, but you know what? We've had different everything this year, and we've kind of adapted so well to what this new present looks like that it's almost kind of expected, so I think we'll make the shift just fine. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory has been announced for a 2020 release on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. 
This is not your typical Kingdom Hearts game, Sam. It is a rhythm game, like a DDR, Stepmania style rhythm game. But it's Kingdom Ow. Hearts. And you know what? A new Kingdom Hearts game coming along. There's not King- Stepmania. I don't want it. If it's a new Kingdom Hearts game along with a new Kingdom Hearts show for Disney Plus that's been rumored. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is kind of staying relevant, which is nice. It's nice. I won't say it's amazing. It's nice. It's not a game for me, though. Yeah, it's I mean, hey, it's cool for the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts fans that you're going hey, another, another game, but not for us. A Game of Thrones, the board game from 2003, is coming to PC in quarter three of 2020. This game was originally dropped in 2003, like you said, before Game of Thrones was ever in the in the pop culture spotlight. It was touched up in 2011, uh, right as Game of Thrones was being developed and, and released for HBO. Um, but since then, it really hasn't had any updates, even with all the show's popularity. But they're turning that board game into a PC game, which to me is really, really cool because I love tabletop games virtually. That's a lot of fun. I'm a huge board game guy. Now, I don't yeah. own a gaming PC. I don't own a PC. So uh, this will be something I can't play. But I feel like if this game does well, they might put it on a console or two, which at that point, I'm like, hell yeah, maybe we're talking. Yeah. And last in gaming, we got the Many Faces impression. Yeah, Many Faces is a small indie game. Um, personally, you know, really, really excited about it. Uh, East Asia Soft was really nice uh, and sent us a copy, um, which I really, really appreciate uh, that they that they let us have that. And I just wanted to shout it out really quickly for what it is. It's a randomly generated level kind of action shooty platformy type deal. Think about it. If Pac-Man didn't have like the paths that you were forced to go down and was kind of more open. Okay. And if it was random as shit, (laughs) if it was, and that's kind of what you get with many faces, you get, you know, you're a character with a gun, you, you aim with the sticks and that's where you shoot. Um, You have to kill a bunch of different shapes before they kill you. But when you kill those shapes that are randomly generated, the levels are randomly generated you then get to uh, get a hat and all the different hats, which is where the many faces thing comes in, give you different powers, whether that's heat seeking, whether that's uh, uh, the the way the bullets come out of the gun in like a wave form. That was my favorite, whether it changes the element type. And there's also a roll. And when you roll, you're invincible. So it's kind of like those standard shooter mechanics, but also randomly generated, also really fun, really kind of small and closed environments. It's a simple game from a graphic style, but it looks like really pretty in that style. I really liked it. Um, I think it's like $5 on the Switch eShop right now. So it's really, really good, really, really uh, inexpensive. And I can't recommend it enough. Many faces. Uh, on console right now. I'm not sure if it's on the Xbox or PlayStation just yet. I do know, however, it is on the Nintendo Switch. Of course it is. Sam, let's move into the movie section, my friend. And and uh, we only got two, well, three stories, but two of them are pretty damn big. Uh, the first one, DC announces the DC Fandome coming 822. It's a new Batman game. I know we're going to get that because WB already said that they're going to be there. Uh, Zack Snyder said he's going to be there. So we're going to get a Snyder cut trailer, but what else? What was your reaction when you heard DC fandom is coming? I mean, you're like, okay, is it, is it just going to be like a DC day of just they're going to announce all new movies or what are they going to announce? Then it's like, okay, bam, new Batman game. Oh, we're getting like some more, like a, a full Snyder cut trailer. 
like you know, um, we're getting that we're getting um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's doing something with the Black Adam. Like so, they're just adding on little bits and pieces of a little bit of everything. And it just like come on, I I need August twenty second to be here. We might even get a little tease for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And I I think that was another thing rumored that because that's that that movie's been long done. Like it's been done filming. Obviously, I'm sure the trailers probably already being made. I'm sure I wouldn't even be surprised if we get a little tease of Chris uh Robert Pattinson's Batman if we get a little little something like a little tease. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the cool thing. DC fandom is not just comics, it's not just movies, it's not just games. It's everything. It's going to be completely free and all streamed online. This is now DC's Comic-Con. If this goes well, Comic-Con as sad as it is could go the way of E3 and start to dwindle and go into more, you know, Sony broke away and they do their own thing. Nintendo does their own direct. DC, if this goes well, we could get an annual DC fandom instead of their appearance at Hall H. And it could work very well for them because the spotlight is all on them. So I'm rooting for DC here because I love it when companies do stuff like this. I mean, DC Comics will always be like Comic-Cons because that's a huge moneymaker for them. But, but you thought it, that it, about Sony and Nintendo and they bailed. It, anything's possible, dude. Anything is possible. Keep an open mind. Just because no, of no, no, just no, because it, it, what I, it was saying, in the past. I'm saying they could do both. You know, they why, they why, could, why you? but so could Sony. I mean, but like if you're going to hold your own event, you run the show. You make the rules. You do whatever I'm, you yeah, want. I, I'm talking more like comics, like Comic-Con, like for comics and stuff like that, like conventions. Like maybe they won't need that to have a huge blowout like Hall H or something like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that I can agree with. I don't know. We'll see. I think time's going to tell on this one. And and I think like it all depends on the audience reception and reaction. The one thing about comics is is a physical medium. So kind of being there to your point is a lot more necessary. Oh, thrive on enthusiasm. Baby. It's, it's a lot more necessary for a comic than it is for a video game. I mean, video games. Yeah. Yeah, you could technically it's better to be there to demo them, but you could just send a demo out into the world and you can download it. A comic, you kind of have to be there to read it. I know you can get a digital version, but it's just not the same. So not I think I think time's going to tell on this. I think a lot of companies are just reevaluating the way they do business. And if you're DC and you can throw gaming, comics, movies, fuck, dude, TV, the CW stuff all in one place and have the entire spotlight on you for a day, that could become the Star Wars celebration, the D23, the things that Marvel does. This is now DC's opportunity to do that, and that to me spells nothing but good news. Yep, 100 and I think that they're going to see this as, like you said, great news, and hopefully the fans agree and all show up and they get a, a boatload of viewers and we keep this going. I, you know, we talked about Batman game. We talked about Snyder Cut. We talked about Black Adam, potentially um, some Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad stuff. What other things would you be super hyped? You know, even if it's not a reality, what are some wish list items that you wish that uh, could be there? I mean, it could be you know new TV shows where they're working on uh, crossover events, upcoming projects, sequels. You know, maybe they will they mention Black Adam versus Superman. Um, you know, like there, there, there's so much that they that they, they could show. Yeah. I mean, whatever they show, I'm ready. I'm I'm there for it. Obviously, I, we all know I'm a DC fanboy, but. I'm 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 just I'm just really excited to see you know the, the Snyder cut just just a little tease that he released today. 
I mean, it, it just got me so pumped. Like, it, it to me, like, that tease already was, like, um, better than what we got. Before we get into the tease of the Snyder Cut, you bring up a really good point. With it being in August, uh, the end of August, 822, we generally get the crossover events somewhere around November, December. This could be a really good opportunity to blow that out a little bit for this year. Yeah, and, and that's why, like you said, like, there's a little bit of everything. Like, they're going to have movies. You got the game. Talk about television. You know, like, you know, keep the ball rolling. Why Why wouldn't they? Mm, man, the possibilities for this thing. The, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, this is the excitement I, I need right now. I, I need something to look forward to. What was your reaction when you saw that it was a reality, that this was even happening? Because this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, like, do we need it? Like, there, there was, like, no news. Everything's dead in the water. Everything's getting pushed back, delayed, and canceled, and... You know, you're, you're just like you're looking for some kind of positivity, some some look, and 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 here's like the little look for the little future for DC coming up. Yeah, we did get our first tease of the Snyder Cut today. As a matter of fact, Thursday the 18th, 35 seconds. Uh, what'd you think? Oh, dude, it, it, just just seeing the, like you know Diana, just seeing her, you know, she's holding the torch. You see the outlet of Dark Side and the background of him and his army. I mean. Just the music, it felt right, and it, it already feels like just a completely different movie than what we got in um, the other Justice League movie. Yeah, you, you saw like Dark Side. You saw what Steppenwolf could have looked like or will look like. You saw Diana in that. I was at the Temple of. I can't even remember what the hell it was it, called. Yeah, I don't even know where she was. It the, the people said it. In the analysis videos on like Screen Crush and Emergency Awesome, I just I can't remember, um, but it obviously tied in a little bit of it was like a bleed into a, a deleted scene from like the original cut or BVS. I can't even remember, but like it again, it came out of nowhere. Jason Momoa put it on his Instagram, and then all of a sudden it it blew up. And uh, this is just again. I love it when things get shadow dropped when we weren't expecting them and then they turn out to be really fun uh, because it's like you said, it's exactly what you need. If you're having a shitty day, a surprise shadow drop of a Snyder cut could, could make your friggin' week. Yeah. You just some kind of positive. You know, everything you see right now is a lot of negative stuff. So it's good when you sprinkle a little bit of positivity on there. Uh, anything else you want to add about the fandom or the Snyder Justice League trailer? Well, we won't call it a trailer. The teaser that dropped today before we move on. I, I just cannot wait to see what they do next for this Batman game. I um, think that's going to be great. Yeah, the Court of Owls and all that good stuff. It sucks that it's still two months away from even being announced because it was supposed yeah. to be announced at E3. So that, I'm just that's a glad kick. it's this year, my friend. Yeah, we, we would have gotten this announcement this week if it wasn't for you know E3 getting canceled. So it's Kind of yeah. a kick in the nuts, but at the same time, you know, it's coming. We just got to bide our time just a little bit longer, and then we'll yeah. get the announcement. And then when we do finally get that sweet, sweet Arkham announcement, we're going to be very, very excited. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'll keep this one short. Uh, I saw The King of Staten Island with uh, Pete Davidson. I really loved his movie, Big Time Adolescence. It's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. At least it's up there. Um, yeah, Bill, Bill Burr's in this. Looks yeah. good, Dom uh, Lombardozzi. Yeah, and it was um, it was good. It was good. wasn't quite wasn't quite pick of the week. Good. Um, I guess six and a half, seven out of ten. It it was it was Judd Apatow directed it. It was less funny. 
like overtly funny than I thought it was going to be. And it was a little bit more like meaningful. It had heart to it. It was obviously based in a very, very true, uh, way for Pete Davidson, who he lost his father in real life. Uh, he yeah. was a f- first responder at nine 11. Um, so he lost his father who was a firefighter. His name was Scott. Pete Davidson's character in the movie is named Scott who has lost his dad to a fire. And then Bill Burr comes in as the love interest. To, well, you know, they don't go there. It's just the love interest to, uh, to Marissa Tomei, who plays Pete Davidson's mom hat. A little Easter egg. Pete Davidson's mom is actually makes a small cameo in the movie, but um, it's just about a guy who doesn't know what he wants to do with his life at 24 years old. And does he want to be a tattoo artist? Does he want to do this? Does he want to do that? He's kind of a piece of shit burnout. Um, and it's just a good story. I had a lot of fun watching it. It it, it will not make my top three for the year, um, but I am glad I saw it. I watched it literally the day it came out. I, I rented it on demand as, as I knew I was going to because I'm a newly converted Pete Davidson fan. And while it wasn't, like I said, my favorite movie of the year, hell, it wasn't even my favorite Pete Davidson movie of the year. It's it's pretty damn good. Um, like I said, solid six and a half, seven out of ten. I do recommend you watch it if you like that subtle comedy or if you like Pete Davidson. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there one day. Night, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has been delayed till October 7th. Tenant has been delayed two weeks until July 31st. Um, so we have a little bit more shifting and moving within the uh, WB landscape. I mean, a little soon for uh, Nolan's Tenant, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Oh, I don't know if this is coming to theaters. I mean, uh, they say it will. Um, and that Mulan and Tenant are going to get shown in AMC theaters. But, like, who's going? You're going to have, you know... I'm not even going to get into politics, but you're going to have those people that are going to show up and see movies and everything. But I just would much prefer an on-demand release here. Yeah, I'll watch it from home. No problem. Tenant is – Tenant seems like the type of movie where it would be much better experience on the big screen. Um, but at the same time – Yeah, I would like to see that in IMAX. Yeah, but at the same time, everybody, just be safe. If you're going to go to the theater, be smart. Um Wear a face covering and shove your popcorn underneath of it. Yeah, that would be the, definitely. That would be the smart thing to do. Uh, Knives Out is now available on Amazon Prime Video for free. If you are a Prime subscriber, you can watch Knives Out. And if you haven't already, the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, I'll be on it soon. You say that about everything. <laughs> and oh, I, dude, I, I have so much, you know, like between work and class right now. I've been doing it. It's, it's been a lot. So I'm just trying to. I'm lucky that I'm getting a pick of the week every week. In the TV space, Rick and Morty's co-creator Dan Harmon to create a new animated series for Fox coming in spring 2022. <laughs> I still haven't even started Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's on the to-do list. Oh, that's great. Ah, good for them. That's good news. I heard it's, uh, you know how they like renamed their thing like Searchlight or whatever? Yeah. I heard it's going to be Searchlight's first original programming. Since the relaunch, which is, you know, more irrelevant than anything, but at least it's still cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, last story of the night before we get into your CGC spotlight, and this will be a two-hour episode, which is fine. Happy for that. Right under two hours should be. Uh, we have a review in the music space, and Sam, you know, one of my top five favorite bands of all time is Newfound Glory. They dropped a record today. It's available on the 19th. So if you're listening to this the day it drops, 
please go check it out. If you're listening to it in advance or after the 19th, I mean, same thing, same message, but you know, it won't be out today. Newfound glory forever and ever times infinity. Uh, it is out now via hopeless records. It's 15 tracks. And I do want to thank our friends over at big picture media for giving us an advanced copy of the record for this review. It did not sway me in any way because newfound glory was already one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, and whenever we have a chance to review a record in advance, obviously, you know, we're going to think about it, consider it and take it. But if you're listening to this show on Friday, the 19th, the day we drop it. And I hope you are newfound glory is doing a live stream tonight where you can actually uh, hear them play 40 plus songs. 40 that's, plus songs. That, that's, I, I can't believe he is the vocals to do 40. I don't know if anybody has the vocals to do 40, but I saw the Beach Boys rock a 42 song set uh, in three and a half hours with one 10 minute intermission. So I guess if a 72 year old Beach Boy well, can do it. Well, they got two minute songs, so that, that, that makes sense. No, that is actually a fair point. <laughs> that is a very fair <laughs> point. Um, it was a, they have 40 songs in three and a half hours is nothing. But again, uh, 40 songs tonight, the day this episode goes live. So go check out newfound glory on social media for links to that. If you want to go check it out, I know I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be spending my Friday night with the dudes from newfound glory. Um, again, forever and ever times infinity. This record to me is everything that newfound glory is and was like, I absolutely adored this record. It was a no brainer for me that, it's ranking right up there for me with like sticks and stones and like, cause that's my, that's still to me the best record um, they've ever put out, but like newfound glory self-titled um, it's really, really good. I it's probably right on par with like coming home. I wouldn't say it's as good as sticks and stones or the self-titled or maybe even nothing gold can stay, but it's right up there with like coming home. I think it's better than catalyst. It's my favorite newfound glory record since radio surgery in 2011. I absolutely freaking loved it. Um, they came out with resurrection in 14 and makes me sick in 17. So now in 2020 we have forever and ever times infinity. Like I said, 15 tracks and I usually recommend two songs or so, but not today. Um, I have a lot of songs that I loved in this record and I'm, I'm just going to go through them real quick. My favorites on the record, double chin for the win. Stay a while. Like I never existed. Do you want to settle down? The way you deserve, scarier than Jason Voorhees at a campfire, and birthday song, but not really. That's seven out of fifteen songs that I highly, insanely, crazily recommend. Uh, just as a pop punk fan, not even as a newfound glory fan. Amazing record. So right off the bat, when I can say that half the record is immaculately amazing, you know you're in for a treat. The other eight songs that I have not said are still really, really good. It's a, it's definitely like a typical pop punk record with the hooks, the catchy guitars that Chad has been really, really, really fine tuning for a long, long time. Um, you know, he's got his hardcore background and hardcore guitar is always phenomenal, but, uh, it's, it's a great pop punk record. It's like vintage newfound glory. I haven't enjoyed newfound glory this much in nine years. Like I said, since radio surgery came out. Uh, this is a phenomenal record, and I, I, I highly recommend everybody pick it up. It's Forever and Ever Times Infinity by Newfound Glory. Sam, what is your CGC spotlight? CGC spotlight this week, we got Superboy number nine, first full appearance of King Shark. I got it in the 9 8 
White Pages, came out November 1994. Carl Kessel's story, Humberto Ramos and Doug Hazelwood art, Tom Grummet and Carl Kessel cover. I I literally picked this book up. I got it on a, a, a great deal, basically because I thought he was freaking hilarious in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And like for the live action, he 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 looked pretty good in uh in the Flash the TV show. So I picked this book up, decent price. There's actually no um, census like data for it on the CGC census, so I don't know how many there are graded. The only thing I can look up is see I see last sales one twenty, and I know I got it for less than that, so I feel good about that. <clears throat> so there we got one story. It's called King Shark. The issue begins with a quick glimpse of a Hawaiian legend invoking a shark man named Nanive and ending with a fade into the modern setting with an older woman greeting a shark man as her son. So, like, I know in the story, like, some people see a shark fin in the water. Um, they call Superboy. He scratches the girl. And then, I guess, like, an old, like, uh, Hawaiian guy says, I know a tale of a myth of a shark man. So, yeah, your first full appearance of the King Shark. Do, 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 do. No. Do, do. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> Baby shark. Baby shark. Oh my God! You don't know what Baby Shark is. Baby Shark was Baby Shark. Do 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 do. No, sorry. Well, lucky you that you don't know what Baby Shark is. <laughs> I'm in the clear for now. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's like four years old, so um, okay, cool. you've you've avoided it successfully, um, and hopefully you haven't avoided this episode because if you've hung in for two hours, we thank you. Uh, that's it for this episode. We got a lot next week too. Um, we got to have a book review next week. We're going to have the Pokemon presents next week. We have an interview next week that will drop the following Monday. So we got a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple weeks. We're excited to have you along for the ride. This was episode 191. We will see you next week for episode 192. Freaking Pokemon. Did you hear this now? You did this now.